welcome one and all once again to a way too long in the process uh, Nerds of the Rocks episode. I am joined this week by Martin. Hello. And Dan the Third. Hey. And this week we are here to talk comic books. Uh, specifically, or mainly, DC Universe Rebirth number one, the not reboot from DC Comics. And if we have time, the other wonderful events of this week in comic books, we're looking at you, Captain America. Yeah, I guess we might as well start it off. Uh, DC Universe Reboot is a one-shot written by Jeff Johns with art by like, 50 different people. But no, some amazing artists is atta- are attached to this book. And it is kind of a... I, I guess in, in some ways a symbolic end to the New 52, which I think has been done for a while now. But it's kind of a new start, a new... Okay, it's, uh, I'm kind of curious, because I don't consider this a reboot. What would you folks consider rebirth? Like a return to the status quo before New 52? But, I mean, even then, that's because it's, it's still using the, the, the New 52 as the foundation. It's not like the New 52 disappears. That it still forms the backbone of this. It's, yeah, but, but it's like they are giving... <sighs> They are returning so much stuff that got lost by the new 52. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I guess a reset or uh, a refresh. It's not really. Yeah, like, it's. I see it as like an apology towards the people that were wrong unhappy new with, with new 52. Actually, I was. I think. I think the term is. I was looking at. Uh, I was working on my laptop because my laptop gives me trouble. And the term Windows uses is a refresh, where you can keep certain files on your computer, but it's going to reset it to a certain factory default setting. And I think this is what it is because it does keep a lot of this stuff from the new fifty two. But it's kind of like instead of like what they did with the new fifty two, which is literally throw the baby with the bathwater. This is like you know there are some stuff that people enjoyed about the new fifty two. And we don't want people to be disengaged from these characters, but we also realize there's something missing. Like, the, the computer's got imploded, and we need to kind of get it back to that condition we had when we bought it at the store. And that's kind of what this issue is. And we've discussed this because we've been prepping for this episode for like an hour and a half now. Uh, beforehand, because I've told people that I think that this is a good jumping on point, but in our discussion, which we'll get to in a in a bit i feel like i guess i was wrong in that regard because there's a lot of stuff in here that seems cool for long time readers but if you aren't familiar with dc's universe a lot of that stuff goes over your head and i'd argue me, that even if you are somewhat familiar with dc there's still some stuff that you might not get yeah and i guess i guess in my head my thinking was like that's okay because this isn't this isn't the end of a journey. This is the beginning. So to me, it was more hooks to the future. But I really think a lot of that stuff are hooks to the future by looking backwards. It, because as you said, it's stuff that was missing for the New 52 and it's returning now. But it's like, if you don't know it was missing, you have no idea it's been returned. And yeah. there, are a, there are a couple of character segments in this book where I think we differed on... like oh, we don't know who that is, or we don't know the significance of this character or that, that, that segment. So we'll, we'll get into I, the nitty-gritty of that. I, I think jumping onto comic books is, is almost always hard. It seems like actually New 52 was the best time to jump on, but um, people didn't like end up liking where that was going. Um, so it, it's an okay starting point 
to jump on because there's going to be number ones and, you know, there's going to be some kind of trying to get new people onto these new books, you know? I, I wonder actually once we get the number ones, if, if they are starting point might be different than what we actually see in these rebirth issues. If this rebirth thing might actually be worse as a jumping off than just the number ones. Yeah, that's a good I mean, point. I, you get what I mean. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, 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 in whole, and, and we'll get to this, because I actually do think the issue as a whole is really good, but to me, I kind of read it, and it was kind of like, in a way, it's like a, it's like the best done preview catalog ever, because it gives you little snippets of everything to come, without, like, there's so much that, like, okay, what's going on here? What does this mean? What's going to happen here? And it's like, it's little morsels to kind of hook you, and it's like, it's basically your previews. It's like your little synopsis of what's going to happen in Rebirth, but the issue itself is really well done, so you don't realize like it's not giving you any answers. I'm and it probably really not doesn't... quite as ed- enthusiastic as you are about this issue. Yeah, me neither. But I mean, it doesn't really change anything. You know, there's one character who comes back, which is awesome. But you know, for most of the characters, that's not going to affect them. So, yeah, for for me, a lot of it actually kind of lacked impact except for Wally returning. Okay. And I, I, and I guess this is a good place as any to start then. Um, so the, the, the big hook, the big thing is that the, the audience character, the central character of this book is Wally West, who has been missing since the New 52 somewhat. There is a Wally West in the New 52, but it's not the Wally West from pre-New 52 and Wally West was a fan favorite for a lot of people. He's a lot of people's um, flash if you're of He's our generation. Flash. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he was the flash on the Justice League cartoons. So for a lot of people, that's who he is. But he's also been the flash since the late 80s. So he's been the flash of all of our generation up until like 2006, 2007. Yeah. So to have such a pivotal character just kind of up and disappear for five years, it's a huge thing for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah I'm, totally. I'm really glad he's back. I, Although, I, I only ever knew Wally myself. Uh, when I, I mean, during the 90s, it wasn't a big DC reader or something, but when I saw The Flash, it was always Wally. Maybe well, I, I saw knew, Jake Garrick somewhere, but that's it. Well, I knew of Barry, uh, but the thing with Barry, and it, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I grew up with Super Friends, but Super Friends never really cared about who they were underneath the mask. Like, I couldn't tell you. Like, I know now, like, it's how it's Barry. You know, it's Carl. But, like, growing up, you don't know that because it's not like they made a big deal about it. Where, like, just to see part of the growth of that character and that show was revealing their secret identities to each other. And why he came with a certain type of humor that Barry didn't have at the time. And Barry over time has kind of evolved to be Wally Light in a lot of things. Because a lot of people will kind of talk about Barry Allen on the Fast TV show yeah. as kind of being part Barry Allen, part Wally West. Yeah, I mean, I always interpreted as Wally West was a lot more comedic than Barry Allen. So yeah, so, mm-hmm. so, the, so there's definitely like some Wally West aspects to the, the TV character. Yeah, but um, he's he's our central character, and 
through him, and which also it's just also kind of ironic because one of the reasons why U.S. is no longer a pivotal character <laughs> is because of Jeff Johns, because he was the one who brought back Barry Allen. But he, uh, Jeff Johns uses him as a voice to speak to the audience because Jeff John, in many ways, this is kind of an apology, not just to people for the New 52, but for something that I think a lot of people have echoed, especially, I think it all, all hit the wall with Batman versus Superman for a lot of people, where DC characters no longer feel like DC characters. They no longer feel like heroes. They no longer feel like people who enjoy being good guys. They're dark, they're gritty, they're down and dirty, they're violent, they're bloody, and they aren't heroes. They aren't good people. I think yeah. think Wally crossed, uh, called it out in the issue of, of losing love, right? Yeah. Yeah, they, there was apparently, and this is confusing to me because I've been going back through it, that Aquaman and Mera weren't, haven't been married before this issue. Yes, it was one of the, uh, it was one of the mandates of the New 52 is that characters couldn't be married because marriage ages people. And I don't mean like you being married ages you, but marriage is something seen as an adult thing. So it's not something kids can relate to or teenagers. So that's why. I mean, it's it's something that is kind of prevalent in comic books. It's one of the reasons that Mary Jane and Peter had their you know, devil divorce. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird because some in some of the Aquaman comics, they sort of, they call, you know, they they basically say they're married. So it's weird. Because those are written by Jeff Johns, so maybe he had more leeway. But it's just a little weird because, um, you know, it's the same people. It's not like the comic books were handed over to... Like, Jeff Johns was there at the beginning of New 52, right? Yes, and he... And, and, and you know, some people have called him a, a hypocrite in that regard. But at the same time, Jeff Johns, in the past, I would say, four or five years, has amassed more power than he did at the start of the New 52, um, and he was, you know, like he was the driving force behind, he was the driving force behind Flashpoint and he did Justice League, which is their main book, but it was a mandate from up to him. It was a mandate from above and he's gone on record with recent interviews, kind of thrown a new 52 under the bus where it's like, it's like if somebody put you in the middle of a field, gave you no direction and told you to go there. And that's how he felt the new 52 was it because, you know, in hindsight, I think everybody would agree the New 52 was a great idea with terrible execution because it wasn't a thing where they sat down and like, okay, we're losing audience. How do we get them back? Yes, free a brand. This is what we're going to do with Batman. This is what we're going to do with Superman. This is what we're going to do with Wonder Woman. It's like, no, we're going to start fresh. We're going to put people on these books and they have no no direction. Because one of the 52 big... books was like a huge mistake. I think it's way too many. I mean, I mean, I, b- b- before that even started, when I looked at some of those books, I was like, "This is not going to last a year or something." Yeah, you can I mean, just see it. Not to be cynical, and maybe we'll have a correction of this at some point. When the new Fifty Two launched, part of the excitement on our website was to cover all all Fifty Two number one issues, and part of the review requirement was an actual mark to say, "Is this book going to survive the year?" And for a lot of books, I think we were spot on. I mean, the books that survived longer than that period were the books that were doing well before the New 52 anyhow. So Batman survived, Superman survived, Wonder Woman survived, Green Lantern survived. You know, the core characters that people cared about anyhow survived. But a lot of people who they didn't, Resurrection Man, Grifter, Omak, Man of War, 
um, you know, Firestorm. Those books got cancelled within a year or so. And, and, and the standouts, I think, that did survive were like Animal Man and Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. And, 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 those, those, I, and those, I think, only stayed on because of the quality of the books. And, and, yeah, and the quality I, was very high. And 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 from a from a from thinking about it backwards, and you see their friction with uh, rebirth as well, is that launching fifty-two books in the span of four weeks just means that you have no time to market any individual book. I mean, like, okay, this is a, you know, okay, we're gonna give Batman a week. You're gonna give Batman some time to breathe. You're gonna give Superman or whatever. Where like, rebirth, they're spreading this out over the next four months, mm-hmm. and it's I half think, as many books. I think it's what they should have done with. The new fifty-two. I mean, they shouldn't have called it that, really. Um, it, it was confusing. Like, if if I started reading, what the hell is new fifty-two? Why why is, it, is they, that? They're important? obsessed with the number fifty-two at DC. Just you know, because there's fifty-two yeah. weeks in a year. But it's I, like I, I get it. But but if you a new reader probably. coming to DC, this it, it's just confusing. Yeah. Well, it was a great branding. You know, it's like you know, it makes sense because we're relaunching our brand and we're going to brand everything under one thing, so you all know that this is a brand new series you can jump on. But I thought that it was something that should have gone away after the first year and not stuck around for three and a half years. Yeah, I don't um, know what they, why they still called it that. What, why does that still need to be on it, there? It's just it, now, and, now this is our universe. You no longer need to advertise it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also really weird because it forced them to have 52 books on the market, which honestly was not true for most of the new 52 because they would have like one off like miniseries that lasted six issues and that wouldn't count as the new 52 number. Or, and it's it's really, and then what happened after a while is like once you started canceling books and you needed 52, you just kind of went to your standby. So you had something like eight Batman books and you had like three Superman books and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, but going back to uh, Rebirth, so you have Wally West kind of going through this universe, and he remembers the pre-Flashpoint DC universe, and he realizes something's missing, but he can't do anything about it because he's trapped in his time stream, and he needs a physical tether. He needs somebody who remembers him so that he can come back to this world. And I thought that was a great format for the book because it gave him a reason to kind of visit everybody. Um, but he did, you know, he visits some people. He ta- he contacts, I think, four people in this actual book. But he gets to see them as he's running through time trying to find somebody he can relate to, somebody who understands him. Yeah. Um, I want to add one thing already that I didn't like from a writing perspective for, for for this whole Wally thing was that there was a bit too much of Wally just struggling with time force. With what? Uh, just struggling with, with time force or no it was speed force actually. Uh, speed just force. struggling with it. Like uh, him screaming or oh no I can't take this anymore and there was a bit too much of that. Well, I it repeated. I think part of that was to show that he was in pain and dying, and it does build up to the climax where he's, you know, like literally him and uh, Barry are in tears because he's like, "This is my last chance," and he's accepting his death and stuff like that. And you know, I get it's it, very... but from a writing perspective, it's not very interesting. Fair enough. I, I get that. I guess I didn't pay attention to it because there's so much going on in this issue. 
Um, the first thing we see, it, and it kind of makes sense because he is DC's bread and butter. Like, Wally West is a central character, but this is essentially bookend. Well, this is bookend twice. This is bookend by the big reveal at the beginning and end, but it's also bookend by Batman. Batman's the first character he comes in contact with, which makes sense because of the people who would know about the um, pre-New 52, it would be Batman, Barry, and the two people, and Wally, because... Batman has it from his uh, father that Flash brought back from the alternate timeline. So, and can, it was, can we talk about the letter? So, so the the Flash in New Fifty Two doesn't remember the Flashpoint universe, right? Yes. But but he had the letter and somehow knew to give it to. Well, okay. So as it works out, if I remember the Flashpoint event correctly, is that he remembers the previous timeline for a little bit of time until the, the current one solidifies. Because like when he went to the, uh, uh, the Flashpoint universe, he remembered the pre-Flashpoint universe. Right, but the longer yeah. he stayed in there, the more those events took over his memory. So what sure. would happen would be like, um, he probably had time to give it to Bruce. And Bruce, you know, I mean, why Bruce doesn't remember doesn't make any sense because if he told him... Bruce doesn't have any counter memory, so I'm surprised he hasn't looked for the pre you know I guess he doesn't need to. But yes. So Flash remembered, but as, as time went on he forgot. Because I think something like five years has passed in the new fifty two. Right, right. Okay. But yes, um and we find out we you know, this this book is for revelations. We find out two of them. Which you knew you knew both of them if you actually read the other comics that came out this week. Uh but you find out that Superman's dead the fifty two Superman is dead. And you find out that the Mobius chair told Bruce that there are three jokers. Which is incredibly confusing. Which I think is part of the mystery because they didn't say like they. I think everybody's natural in, in case the nation is to assume that there are three different jokers, but it could also mean that he's changed three different times. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that so the chair has all the like it's omni, you know, knows has all knowledge. But when he asks who is the Joker, it just says there's three of them, which is kind of like a cop. I don't know, it's kind of a cop-out to me. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I know people were, people were complaining when they, when he, because I think Bruce's reaction is, that can't be, or something like that. And I think people were afraid they were going to take, okay, Joker is like Joker. Um, and people would have been disappointed by that. But I do think this is intriguing because it gives the joke. It's kind of like what Scott Snyder tries to do with um, Endgame, where Joker was pretending to be like this mythical being from a hundred years ago. <laughs> it gives him this, this this mystique that Bruce now has to unravel, which also isn't probably a big concern because currently Joker is not the Joker. So we'll see where they go with that. I mean, also, is this Joker even supposed to be now a focal point of any of the bad books? No, that's what I said. Because like, um, in whatever, oh, um, the uh, yeah, Endgame, uh, Joker and Batman. Oh, no, so- I read Endgame. I meant from the upcoming bad book. Oh no, I don't think so. From the previews, I don't remember Joker even falling name wise. So I'm hoping he's not a focus because, and I, I like Scott Snyder, but Scott Snyder has written two Joker books in the last four years, and they and both Scott were. Snyder, Scott Snyder is busy not doing the man, main Batman books. 
Yes. Anyway, so <laughs> which is good. I mean, I think I think you know if you if you want to get a new if you want to get and a his, start. And, and his first story, by the way, is about Scarface. Uh, Scarface. Uh, Two Face. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! My mind is not working right. Two Face. Yeah. And then if and, and then could kind of uh, bring it all home. They then go into DC history, and you kind of get a pre. Crisis on Infinite Earth Origins of Wall US. You kind you get a crisis, then they go into. By the way, didn't care for the art in this part. I actually like the art because it kind of harkened back to like the old school um, designs for these characters and stuff like that. For and me, it I, was like it clashed too much with the rest of the book, and and that's why I enjoyed it because it's so different from the current what people kind of consider DC's house style because it has that kind of very keen. Uh, 70s look to it. It looks like something Dennis O'Neill would do, and I and I like that because the like, the rest of the book is the the similar style. Yeah, I, I I get it that you like it. For me, it didn't work. I, I don't even like that style at all. So I mean that's that's fair enough. Um, so the next thing we see, and this is this is part of the debate where we had before the show began, is we see why you visit a character that all of us had to Google uh, because we had no idea who he was or what. Wait, he wait, wait! He mentions first that someone has interfered with what happened. That's important. Oh, well, I was going to tie it all together at oh, the okay. end because we royalized. Okay, that's fine. Then never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, and I think we all tried to figure out who this was. Uh, we Googled it, it's Shiny Thunder, and the rest of us is still like, we have no idea who this is. So it's like one of those things which was probably great for old school JSA fans, but for the rest of us, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it goes to my point. It's like, you know, I don't know that maybe the number one, and we said the number ones will be better, but this is not really great for someone who's never read DC before. And, 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 and in Which some ways, tough, I don't think it, you, you know, because you want to you wanna do right by the fans that have been, you know, read JSA and read, you know, pre-New 52 stuff, but it's, you know, it's, it's always a, it's a balancing game. But on some yeah. level, they could make it easier for new readers even if they use a character like that like i don't now looking at the pages i don't even think a name falls at any point no so if i was a new reader i wouldn't even know what to look up yeah <laughs> so like, even, like, yeah i really think i don't like i honestly that's where because i've ne i've never really been a just a fan like i know you know you know the old school Alan Scott and Jay Garrett, just because the Fresh and Green Lantern live on in other characters, but most of them I don't know. And, you know, it's also helping or hurting to uh, Dan's point. As far as I know, there's not a JSA book announced yet, so it's not even like you can say, okay, where is this story going to continue? Because there is no one book that's going to have this story coming out of this um, one shot. And I think there will be. Um, and I think it's, you know, my feeling is that Jeff Johns basically got free reign here because he wrote JSA for a long time. Um, so, you know, it just seems like he, he bit, you know, I think as you were saying, he got more freedom and this was sort of like the result of that. Yeah. But 
for me, for example, even being fairly familiar with DC, this whole part had no impact because I didn't know who that was. It, it didn't affect me in any way, and I, I I wasn't even really intrigued because there wasn't enough there on these pages to say like, oh, this could be cool. It was like, oh, he's talking to this old guy. Okay. I I think from I think for old school fans, I think the big story here. And I think he kind of says it is like he's a he's sorry for throwing them out. He's sorry for ignoring them. As far as I know, the JSA does not exist in the New Fifty Two, which I think is kind of what he's trying to get. Like this book has a lot of meta commentary, and I think, and and I think we might have different viewpoints on this. But personally speaking, I was a fan of the New Fifty Two, so I don't necessarily need an apology. For a lot of people, I do think this is an apology. So I think some of that meta commentary is just on me. Because, like, I, like I said, I'm not a JSA fan, so them being missing more than something that I noticed. For, for me, New 52 was like, I didn't hate it, but I also didn't love it. Yeah. So it was the, like, I was kind of indifferent about it. I was just like, okay, it's another DC reboot. Yeah, so that's why, <laughs> well, that's why, I, mean, that's why I think... Oh, what were you going to say? I was just... You know, I was trying to think back, and it's, you know... I really like what they're trying to do with New 52, because if you look at, like, let's say Marvel... And even what they've done with all new, all different, like that's not a re, like that's a sort of retooling, you want to call it. And it was really one of the, f- I, I guess DC might have done it in the fifties, maybe when they switched over from like golden age to silver age. But other than that, it was really the first time that any either of the big two had like done a real reboot where they. I, so I, I'll give you that it was definitely like. A cleaner reboot than Marvel has ever done, um, which is probably good. But on the other hand, like we said, like I said, like before we started, um, was like it also led to a lot of retelling of things that are already a given to any long-time reader. Yeah, and on and, some and, level. Okay. And again, kind of jumping ahead and kind of talking about that meta commentary. That is something that um, they he kind of pokes fun at in a way with Superman, the other Superman, where Superman's like these people are different, but some of the, these events are playing out like they did on my Earth. Because you know, like we just had the death of Superman, and like Superman, like you know, like I enjoyed that story, but like we've already done the death of Superman in comic books. It's like if you're rebooting, don't tell the same stories. Or don't tell the same stories to get to the point that we were before, because then you're just... It's like a cheap way of, like, we just want to retell those stories without people saying you've done that before. And, and, and look how much impact that death of Superman had again. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it's really weird that he died. And it was, like, almost no impact, but it seemed like they were just getting him out of the way. Um, Which I find to get the pre-52 yeah. Superman into the main books. Which I think a lot of, I felt bad for him because that is what was happening, and that's why his death wasn't a big deal. Was because everybody's like, "Oh gosh, the, the real Superman can return care now." About him. It's not like if, it's not like when you know Captain America died the first time or Superman, you know. And also at this point, we're kind of over. Like you know, we all know that if someone dies in a comic I, I, book, they're going to come back. Yeah, I, I, I personally don't care about Superman anyway. But my my impression of the new Fifty Two Superman was, but he was just kind of a dick. He was in some ways. He was younger and more. But yes, I think people, again, you know, and this is what the second chapter is called. People missed that legacy because, like, 
we don't want to see you don't want to see Ellis and Clark do their will they won't they again because we've done that for 50 years they got together they got married we want to see that evolve we don't want to see Batman be a dick to his sidekicks anymore because we've had 40 years of you know Didn't they done night. that we got we got the story of Nightwing <laughs> yeah yeah, we got Nightwing. We have, you know, like, we want that. The people want that legacy, and this is kind of what... Like, I do think legacy is a two-way street, though. I do think it can become too crowded. Um, like, you know, like, the Batman books with the... They're doing... I think Detective Comics is, like, a Bat family book, and you have, like, five characters. And then, yeah. like, his actual family, it's like, really Red Robin. That, like, Cassandra Kane is back, and, like, really kind of fan favorites, but, like, there's going to be a lot of characters in that book. Yeah, I, I like seeing Cassandra back for me is great because I love Cassandra. I never really liked Barbara. Barbara. <laughs> um, she didn't never liked ever Barbara? do much for me, but oh, wow. um, Cassandra I thought was great, and I actually read her solo book back well, before I, the uh, New Fifty Two. I think well, it was still yeah. going, right? Yeah, she hasn't yeah. been in the New Fifty Two, right? No, he's saying no. Well, she came in during DC, um, the Batman and Robin Eternal, but. Okay. Um, kind of going to Martin's point and going to the point we were talking about before. Again, for a lot of people, Barbara Gordon wasn't Batgirl in the comic books until the New Fifty Two. Like Barbara Gordon had stopped being Batgirl in the eighties. So, yeah. for a lot of people, it um, cause it was Cassandra or it was Stephanie, and Barbara was Oracle. So for a lot of people, like. It's weird because, again, with Legacy, Barbara has been Batgirl in everything outside of comics. She's the one in Batman and Robin. She's the one in the animated series. She's the one in like, Batman the Brave and the Bold because she is the first. But in comics, she hadn't been Batgirl in like 30 years. Yeah, I'm just talking comics here because I know yeah. Barbara and stuff from the animated series and so, and, and so on. Fine, but in, in comics, Barbara was never Batgirl for me. Never. And that and that and that is the line that DC had to walk with the new fifty two in that you want to appeal to new readers, but longtime readers felt shafted because a lot of that stuff was we're going back to square one. So a lot of the characters that our generation would have grown up with, Wally West, Cassandra Kane, you know, Tim Drake. Tim Drake was in the new fifty two, but he felt like such an insignificant part because Damien yeah. was Robin and yeah. Dick and Red Hood had their own books where he was on the Teen Titans and doing he wasn't part of the Bat family to a lot of people. But a lot of those characters because they you have to build to them, it's because you can't do that in a year. You can't say, like, Oh, here's Wally West again. Here's oh yeah. It, uh, Tim Drake was Robin at some point. Yeah, that happened. Um, a lot of that stuff was dis- that disappeared, and that's where we get with Chapter Two Legacies because we also see a uh, Ray Cho-, Cho, who was the Adam for a the, before Ray Palmer returned. And again, he was well. He served two purposes because Ryan Cho, I should say, not Ray. Ryan Choi. Um, Choi. Yeah, Choi. And yeah, I think that's one of the things is. It, what what happened with him, and the same thing that kind of happened with Jaime, is that DC also kind of lost part of their diversity because it was like there aren't a ton of Asian superheroes. Not really. All of the Asian-inspired ones are even white dudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I mean, they've been a little better about it. 
recently, but it's never been. But yeah, diversity has never been a great. You know, it's never been great in comic books. And it's never been great in comic books, but I think it's. Let, let's, let's say never been great in superhero comic books. Yeah, so, uh, but that's I, what I, I would speaks, say. It speaks volumes again when you revert. You know, some of your few. Uh, minority characters back to like the white original, and I'm not trying to say anything. You know, like the original exists, and sometimes people want that. But yeah, this is why you know, like everybody always like we want Ted Cord, we want Ted Cord, Ted. Cord, I mean, Jaime, I think is a much interesting, much more interesting character because his beetle actually has powers, and it's not a guy in a costume who's a cheap Batman. Um, mm. But yes, um, that was the other big reveal here is that the scarab that Jaime Reyes has turns out to be magical in nature and not alien in nature. So I'm kind of curious to see what happens with that. And, and Dr. Fate shows up for that. Yeah, and I was also going, I'm kind of curious about that because Dr. Faith in his comic book is a, uh, a Middle Eastern college student and this is this does not okay that same kid so i'm kind of curious what happened with that that dr faith mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah dr. We, Faith's it, an we, interesting know. character i mean was he a major part of doesn't seem like he was a major part of new 52 really before uh i'm trying to think where he showed up well like i said he has a book he has a book right now where he's oh, he a does? Okay. Yeah, okay. um, which tells you how great it's doing because, and it's weird because I read the book and I make every month I'm like, why am I buying this book? Um, it's not that interesting, <laughs> but oh, and, I, and before that he was in Earth Two. Apparently. Oh, so this might be the Earth Two Doctor Fate. Yeah, which would make more sense because he looks more like Earth Two. Yeah. So I'm, and you know they mentioned new heroes, Damien, who is wait, a pre. Wait, new wait, 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 wait a second. But Earth Two, Doctor Fate is basically pre New Fifty Two JSA Doctor Fate, right? Yeah. Okay. I'd imagine if there's it. a new JSA book that Doctor Fate would play like a big role in that. Probably. Probably. Um, yeah, then we see new heroes, Damien, which is I thought was a weird addition. I mean, it makes sense because him and Wally probably don't have a ton of connections, but Damien's been part of the Bat Books for like 10 years now. Yeah, and, um, and like I said, like the 13 is probably like the, just him. The, the just signifier for us. Oh, he's now a teenager, so he's leading the Teen Titans. He might have some, like I said, with new I- people with new ideas. Maybe he lead them in quite a different way. <laughs> Which, if you have, if you want an idea of that, check out Justice League versus Teen Titans now on video. And DC does not pay me for these plugs. Uh, <laughs> Jessica Cruz, the new uh, Green Lantern, a new Green Lantern, because I think ba- Sam, Sam, Simon Boz is coming back. Who you might remember is the Middle Eastern Green Lantern who they were smart enough to show with the gun in his first issue, because that's not a way to. Get under people's skin. <laughs> and then... Female he... Green Lantern, I guess that's cool. Yeah, I mean... Otherwise, it's like, okay, whatever. And you, another Green Lantern for Earth. Well, I think the big thing with her, especially... It's like, it, I, it, the, the Justice League needs female representation. It's Wonder Woman and nobody oh, else yeah, right now. That's, that's probably true, but... 
I mean, I mean, just just from a perspective of does this beyond have any impact beyond that? Not really. Well, I'm 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 I'll give them the benefit of the doubt because I do think she's an interesting character in that she was originally possessed by power ring from Earth two, which Earth three, which fed on her fear. So now she's overcome it, and I'm kind of curious to see how much confidence she gets from that or how much that the ring affects her going forward. So she has an interesting background. How much they play on that, we'll see. Uh, okay, but then maybe that's why they point out Sinestro so much in those two panels she gets. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense, because I don't know. All I get from her was these two panels. So <laughs> yeah. I had she's nothing re- to go She's on. pretty recent. Simon Baz is a little... He was from pre-New 52... And then he disappeared. Or he and then pretty he much disappeared. disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's uh, then we, Green Lantern. Yeah, then we get the return of Aquad, um, Jason Jackson Hyde, who the, the he's, only thing Cal- he's built, Calder, right? Well, he's not Calder, but we'll see. Oh. Like they draw him more like he wasn't on Justice. Like I said before, in the pre-New 52, when he's introduced in Brightest Day, he had dreadlocks and stuff like that. He looks much more like the Young Justice version here. And the big reveal here is that he's gay now. Right. Which I didn't... Which I was like, it's okay, because like, on the show, he seemed pretty asexual to me. Like He had a girlfriend, but I've never really got him as having too much interest in anything. I mean, other I, than the mission. That's fine. I just, I want to know, like, It'll be interesting to see if he's like still related to Black Manta, and that's sort of what's more interesting to me. But I hope I mean, he is because cool I think that is the interesting thing about him. Um, and then we get kind of the at the end of this, we kind of get the official death of the New Fifty Two when a mysterious force tracks down and kills Pandora. And Pandora, who most people probably forgot, <laughs> was kind of that sneaky figure in the New 52. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in uh, New 52, number one for all of the books, she appears in every one of the comics in some scene. And she was kind of seen as like this ominous force. And they never really do anything with that. And then they kill her off. So, yeah. Mysterious. Yeah, I mean, she's Pandora from unless, like, you unless know. you know your comics, then it's pretty obvious. But okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But she had like some connection to Wonder Woman just because like they're both related to Greek myths. Um, yeah. And there was three of them. I think I, she had like a mini series I never read because I, I didn't think the character was, like, was that interesting. Her, the Phantom Stranger, and the Question. Was it, the que- it was it the question or expector? I forget which one. I don't know. Um, then we get then you get a bunch of really quick recaps um, from basically out of this stuff is the end of Darkseid Wars. Uh, so you find out that Darkseid is now a baby. And uh-huh. yes, Darkseid <laughs> Dark, Dark was killed in uh, Darkseid Wars and he was Reborn as Power Woman's baby from Earth 3. so And he grew up at some point because he was infused with the powers of the gods. But the powers were taken from him by Grill. And now he's a baby that she has to raise. Wait a second. When did the Darkseid War happen? Darkseid is a baby now. Well, it It just just finished. finished. So so they just killed Darkseid to bring him back... As a baby. Like an issue later or something. Well, no, they killed him. Well, they killed him months ago. 
and they brought him back as a baby. But still quite the turnaround for character return. But oh, okay, it's, continue. It's, <laughs> oh, it's it's it's, it's extremely <laughs> okay. Just a fun just a fun I mean, aside. Because uh, um, Daniel told me Daniel uh, messages me on Wednesday. He's like, "Oh, I picked up DC Rebirth, and the lady in the store somehow convinced me to buy Justice League number 50. And I'm like, "That's going to be really really confusing to read." Well, because to be uh, fair, so on the very first page of DC Rebirth, it says, you know, you should read Justice League 50 and Superman 52 before reading this, which, first of all, you should, you know, for a, a jumping on point is, isn't great, but yeah. Well, I, 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 think, I, I, I think I the idea like, was, no, hell no. Well, the idea <laughs> with, with that wasn't that these are going to lead directly into this book. The idea was that like, those were finishing storylines that would be spoiled in this book, which it does. Um, right, sure. I don't think I don't think they meant read this specific issue. Like, if you're reading this storyline, you want to finish it before you get into this book. It's it still is a weird time because I think for new readers, Darkseid like being reborn is kind of irrelevant. Yeah, they yeah, probably should I just think, left that out. Honestly, I think I honestly think they just wanted to mention that because it, like this chapter is really like the next page we find out about Superman's death and everybody's mourning him. And that was from Superman 52. And yeah. Daniel's, and then, you know, it's like, then you, they mention that Oliver and Diane, uh, Black Canary, you know, like they aren't together in the new 52, but somehow they know that they're meant to be. They get each other from across the room and the world stops. Well, you know, it's like true love will overcome even the... Even the cynicism of the new 52. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or Wally returning will do that. Yes. Um, but that we'll, get the to, two. we'll get to that. Because yeah. like, he returned and I'm like, I don't necessarily know how this means anything will change. Um, but apparently everything is changing. <laughs> yeah. And then, then we see... We'll, uh, we'll get to it later, I guess. Yeah, we'll see, we see free new 52 Superman um, talking to Lois and basically... Yeah, this is basically... Him just being like, I don't know what to do, and some stranger comes up to him and like, this your quest has begun or something like that. And so this is course, the guy. Of so this guy's we name see is him in, the, in the Seagull Motel. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of nice little Easter eggs virtually. Like if you go back to the bat the bat yeah. cave scene, like all the movie Batmobiles are in the bat cave. Um, and then you know, like yeah, you can see the Burton one. There's the Tumblr. Stuff like that. That's pretty awesome. Um, the, so the, 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 he the, says. Okay, sorry, you go. No, go on. Go on. Well, it just he said he says something interesting, which is like one of the most interesting things in the whole comedy. He says, "You and your family are not what you believe you are, and neither was the fallen Superman." So, like, that's like weird. Like a weird thing to say. <laughs> like, well, I mean, some people are speculating that this character, and I guess we might as well since we're going to have to. This character is Ozymandias from the Watchmen series. And if he knows about, you know, like the big reveal at the end of this book is that the New 52 is so messed up and cynical because Dr. Manhattan has been playing God with the DC universe. So if he's aware of Dr. Manhattan's um, things, it might be that like, this Superman isn't from another Earth. He is from the actual Earth. It's just that he doesn't remember it gets one universe that they've all been part of, but it's different experiments. Like a controlled experiment, and this is the one with the stimulus in it. 
I want to talk about the Dr. Manhattan stuff at the end. Okay. Yeah, I think we should. Uh, that, but... Then we see Aquaman proposing to Mera, which... Uh, which I was super confused some... about. I was like... <laughs> and I know we said this before, but like I've been reading um, Justice League and also like Aquaman through you know the Throne of Atlantis, and like if you, they maybe never say it specifically, but he, they they are married without saying it. Like they're married in the in the comic book, like in the previous whatever comics. What you mean is they are acting like they're married. Sure. Or maybe I mean, they, or maybe they say like they, they say like that's my queen or like I'm t- yeah, I don't know. Well, I There's, think she is she she's actually well that's uh, that you probably also might be reading my Twitter account. But um, <laughs> I believe she is actually a queen. It's like one of those, you know, like one of those things where two powers from different region one regions combine and get engaged so that their people will have some peace. And it could also be that they were married, but this is him officially proposing to her and saying, like, this is something I accept. I don't read Aquaman, so I couldn't tell you. Sure. I do know I, that... I, I, I know there's been a ban on, on marriages, so I, I assume that would extend to Aquaman, but um, it was just weird looking back. Yeah, I, like, it, it, it makes, it's fine, like... It it doesn't really matter, <laughs> you know. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I was gonna but. say. I think that I think that's what it's a meta commentary on is the fact that you know marriage was banned in the New Fifty Two, and it's kind of like okay, we're open to this idea again. We are fine with cu- couples being happy and together. Um, and there speaking was, of, you know, uh, we, we have to should mention that there was a big controversy um, related to marriage with Batwoman, who which is where. Which is where that thing came out from. It's like because right. they wanted to marry her off and they were like, no marriage is in New 52. And the creative team walked from that book. Yeah. And it was like she was, you know, it was going to be a lesbian marriage. And it was like, you know, it's pretty um, controversial, that whole situation. Yeah. So, yeah. To be fair to them, even though it's a terrible thing, they stuck to the words and i don't think anybody was married in the new 52 since then <laughs> so it's not like they, you know it wasn't like a you know oh we don't want uh we don't you know we don't want this on our heads it's like yeah we're just not doing marriages in general yeah. no i think it was like people were like wait you're not letting them get married because they're lesbians it's like no this is a general rule no marriages it was trying to like be it was sort of like a pr move thing i think but yeah. Yeah, that period um, sort of ended, so now we can have marriages again. And, uh, and this was my this was my personal favorite scene in the book. It's the one when he reaches out to Linda. Um, if you know, if you know Wally's history, was his wife and the mother of his children. And yeah, you get this scene, and like, they do such great stuff with the art, where like, the rain's on her face, and it kind of she's crying, and she's just like, "I don't remember you." <laughs> yeah, that was and. <laughs> That was that was. I, really, I thought because, this part worked really well. I agree. Yeah, and like the part where she's like, and you just see him in pain when she says that because this was kind of his ass hope, and it's like, yeah, yeah it's you, like yeah, you. You'd think that of all the people that she would remember him. 
Yeah, especially being that they went through this chapter where, like, you know, Oliver and Earl remember that they're in love with each other, and Aquaman supposing the mayor, but he's like, you know, his wife, his support, his support, and he's gone, you know, you know to Martin's part. He mentions this several times throughout the book that she was always, she was always the person who brought him back whenever he was lost in the Speed Force, and it didn't happen this time. And then you kind of get, I guess, this is what I really call a preview catalog. It's like it's just really quick one panel scenes from everybody. Um, you you meet the Gotham's, um, which I think is a terrible name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know where. Are they? Yeah, I guess I'll. I, I also saw that them. cover with them on them, and they look kind of silly. But yeah, I guess yeah, they're like I, rival superheroes that have like yeah. Superman powers. I don't know. Yeah, I thought that was dumb. <laughs> like at first, I read that and I'm like, oh, I thought she was saying the signal Gotham City. No, it's like no, their actual name is Gotham. Um, yeah, yeah, that's... we see Swamp. Well, it's Gotham and Gotham Girl. <laughs> that's her name. Oh god. Yeah, we see Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing, and Constantine. Uh, we see Wally, and at first it didn't dawn on me why Boomerang was there, but I forget Boomerang's like Flash villain. He's so accustomed to being in Suicide Squad that I forget he's actually a Flash character. We see Cyborg. Like, we see. Was he like the main villain for like that was a little weird to me. No, Wally West's main villain is Zoom. Right, I guess Zoom wouldn't be a great person because he's too evil <laughs> to be showing. I guess they needed someone who's going to be in like Suicide Squad to help preview that maybe yeah uh cyborg um from teen titans we see dick apparently he's being oh, spied can, on because can, can i just ask one thing about the constantine and um swamp thing swamp thing moment um when he said like that constantine needs helps against the capes what does he mean there um i, I know th- wonder if it I don't Is he know talking about superheroes? Or? I wonder if it was a thing, a callback to, um, what was the event called? Like the, the one that the three Justice League, Justice League, Justice League United, and Justice League Dark fought. I wonder if it's a callback to that. Hmm. I just, I know that they're going to be teaming up in the, the new Constantine book to yeah, help get his, the... like, to get Abby Arcane back. I don't know. Okay. I've never really been I, I into think, that like side of DC, like the Constantine, true. Swamp Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've heard yeah. and this, things. This, I understand why they had to do this, but I thought this was really silly. <laughs> we basically get a two-page story explaining why there's two Wally West in the new 50 yeah. in, the, in the DC universe. And I'm just like, I read that. I'm like, now what am I supposed to call them? You can't. Like you can't say pre fifty two Wall US the new fifty two Wall US. Yeah. You can't say this I, don't... Is, I thought this was also a weird part. This this part felt exactly like this is for new readers, so we're not confused like wait, new fifty two, I knew there's Wally West, there's this guy and who who's this other Wally West and now we basically get an explanation for that. But they don't do the same service in other parts of the book as we already talked about. Yeah, so, I also find it... I mean, I guess it happened, but I find it funny that um, two people would decide to name their son after their great-uncle? Was it their great-uncle or their grandfather? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it was the grandfather. I, I think it was a grandfather, but I'm not sure. Yeah. 
Yes. So I and I'm not I, I'm not going to touch. The, I don't want to say black Y and white Y because that's just too many um, problems. Well, it's probably going to. That's what people are going to say, though. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, mean, it's the easiest way to differentiate them. The other thing is, what do we call Wally? You know, the new, the Wally West, the red-haired Wally West. What is what is he going to be called? Because you already have the Flash, and you have Kid Flash, and the Flash has never really had another name. Well, he had Impulse, but that's more more part part. instinct. Yeah, that's more part. And I think, and I think, I believe in this book, in this section, he accepts that he's not like this is now Kid Flash. I think that's what he says, and he's going yeah. to do. He's going to do. Yeah. Well, he it wouldn't make sense. Um, to be Kid and Flash because he's been he's been the Flash for so long in his timeline. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know because they don't mention it. But yeah, he he says my time, my days of being Kid Flash are over, and he's awesome that this new guy has it, and he also has a different costume that is closer closer to the Flash costume, being red instead of like the other that Kid Flash tends to wear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his new costumes, uh-huh. which they show later, it's like I don't know, I, I don't really love it personally. I kind of dig it, but I feel like I wish that they... I mean, I, I dug what they did with Kid, uh, Kid Flash costume in the New 52. I prefer the black and silver look that they gave him over like the other one red. And I think it would have been awesome if he kept that, or he had this, and it centered more with the black and silver. And then while you would have gotten one that's more of the traditional own red stuff instead of like the red with the silver. But, yeah. I do want to say that I really like that next page where we just see Barry doing Barry things. Yeah. Yes, and this then, like bringing kids pizza and in between checking on them if everyone is alright and stuff like that. I really enjoyed that part. And I think this again was a meta commentary on the DC. You know, this is something again. We you hear it more with their their movies. Like you know, like everybody says like, oh, Superman and Batman. No, it's small and Batman versus Superman. And it was something that was, you know, from the comic books. Like, a lot of the characters didn't smile. They didn't seem to be enjoying doing superheroics. And I think this scene, especially where it is, was one of those ones where it's like, you know, like they do enjoy being superheroes. And we've gotten away from showing that. We've gotten away from showing the fact that it's not as... Like, I mentioned, and I could be wrong, you know, I've been through this with you folks, but there's no fights in this book at all. Yeah. It's all character moments. Pretty sure <laughs> think, you're right. And and unless, unless you want to count Pandora's death. Eh, okay, that could. But even then, it's not really a fight. <laughs> but as much yeah. as a fight against Doctor Manhattan can be. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a lot of a lot of this are character moments. It's them in their normal civilian guise. It's them talking to each other. It's them proposing. It's not them fighting Dark Side, which would be really messed up because he's a baby now, or anything like that. And I, <laughs> I think, don't know. But he might be a really strong baby. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, they did fight him as a baby, but he's never mind. But yeah, I, again, it's speaking to the fact that these heroes have—they've it, it, become so focused on the big brawl, the fights, and the anger, and escalating the stakes that they—that the the fifty, the new fifty-two hasn't really spent time like focusing on the characters as characters. And I actually, I as agree humans, with this. as humans, yeah, I would say, and and I will say. Um, 
Marvel kind of does this, but you know, I, I you know, it, the book's no longer around. But two of my favorite books from Marvel recently were the Superior Foes of Spider Man and Hawkeye for those reasons, because it wasn't about them um, being heroes. It was about what they did outside of that, or villains in that in the Superior Foes of Spider Man book. Yeah. And then you get the big, then you get the big moment where he's accepting his death, and he's just saying goodbye to Barry, and thanking him for everything he's done for him, and just when he's accepted his death, and he's you know he's disintegrating, which is really really grotesque, and like his eyes peeling apart, and his face is, and at the last minute Barry remembers him, and he pulls him forward, and Kid Flash is reborn. That, that mm-hmm. was also very effective scene. I really yeah, think I think the scene and the scene were in the were the two most effective scenes in the book, and I think that you know the big moment everybody on social media apparently felt they needed to spoil Wednesday morning was when they hugged. And yeah. you know it's I, I, and you know I, I touched on this. I mean, it looks I, like a good hug. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Barry Allen looks like a good hugger. Yes, I, and I touched on this in my review. One of one of the shining points of this issue for me was I love the facial expressions, and maybe it's because we haven't gotten to see DC characters do this as often. But like, you kind of see the pain and joy when he's hugging him, um, and their facial stories, their facial expressions, um, and then you kind of get the uh, why essentially telling Barry about the pre f- the the flashpoint event and telling him that it wasn't his fault like he might have thought it was but somebody else yeah. was responsible cuz honestly um when i first heard about the new 52 and that it was because of flashpoint i i honestly did blame Barry a little bit because in a way it kind of was his fault before this explanation because if it wasn't for flashpoint then um, none of this would have none of this would have happened, and it would have, you know, it's kind of interesting that they're sort of going that way with the TV show. But um, yes, kind of um, just as a random aside, spoilers for the fast season finale, season two finale. Whoa! I, I'm not there. Oh, oh, you're not there. Okay, then we're not going to say it. <laughs> but he messes with time a lot as well. So even in season one. But okay, but I was gonna mention something, so. but I'm not going to. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's so, it's oh, good yes. that it's not I his fault because I sort of did blame him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. okay, just real just real quick, I'm going to say this. Uh, this has nothing to do with this um, issue. <laughs> it's a minor change, but I really hate Batman's new costume. I don't like it either. I I, I thought I was the only one. It. I don't like it. I don't mind it. I think his new 52 costume is, like, really, really good. Um, I don't know. It's not... It, I don't hate it. Like, It's, it's interesting. But... Uh, I, I, I really don't like that yellow outline around the bat symbol. That's... It's nice, that's but it's kind of... mainly big. bothering me, I think. That seems like it's the nice, only It's nice, but it's also like a Well, his, his cape is all supposed to be purple, the inside of his cape. Yeah, Which they I don't really do in this book because they don't show his cape wide. Yeah, but but that's barely recognizable, and in the dark it works. I can see that, but but the yellow outline of on the bat symbol, I. Mm. I mean, does <laughs> I that like mean it. that Batman's gonna be a little bit more 
like uh, a little more positive and a little more like you know well, 60s okay. tv show <laughs> well, okay this is this this is what i want to say and i think this is something that uh dc needs to understand and i think it's something marvel needs to understand at, at the same time and this is something that's bothered me with their movies is i don't mind a character being dark i think I mean, I personally prefer Batman to kind of be balanced where he has darkness to him, but he can also have a good time. But I think they need to accept that there is no such thing as one tone fits all. So you don't necessarily have to move your entire line to be happy and everybody's smiling. You also don't need to move your entire line to everybody's gritty and bloody and violent. You need to have books on both ends of the spectrum or in some in the middle. <laughs> and, and I some hope characters that... just fit specific styles more. And I think. Yeah. Uh, and dark I, and gritty Batman works. Happy, I think he worked. Happy go lucky Flash. That's the right tone. <laughs> yeah, and I think, and I think the biggest thing, to, especially with Batman, I think the biggest thing to recognize with him is that there are three Batmans to me. There's solo Batman. There's Batman with the Bat Family, and then there's Batman with the Justice League. And those are three distinct characters because Batman, so yo, I understand him being dark and gritty. Yeah. Batman with his Bat family, I understand him kind of taking on that father figure role where he has he's, 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 uh, he has love, but he's also realizing that he's responsible if these kids die. So he has this kind of stern relationship with them, but he does care. And Batman is just as league is like, this is a guy way in over his head. So... In some t- in some ways, he tries to overcompensate, but he's also kind of the moral center for that team. He's kind of the guy who keeps them grounded. Also, and- also, Batman doesn't have to be the light-hearted part himself, because just as you said, he has the bad family, and there are characters there like Nightwing, for example, who can lighten the mood. Yeah. So, so yes, I I think that we that is something that the main uh, okay. the main uh... <laughs> the main reveal. So at the start of the, the comic, uh, you know, we mentioned that while you um spoke to Bruce and he told him about the note, look at the note, look at the note. He goes to look at the note again, and somehow in the distance he sees something that's off in the cave, and he goes down there, and he finds the comedian button. And, and I cannot tell you how much watch. that bothered me. Why did that bother you? It bothered me so much. For just, just that it is the comedian button in itself is 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 too much for me. Just of 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 course he finds that thing because that's what everyone associates with Watchmen. So he has to find that thing, and 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 of all places, why would it show up there? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> and and my other problem is just. That, that now apparently the DC universe and Watchmen universe are interacting, and 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 that is just just a thing for me. That is, I'm just incapable of of working out with myself here. <laughs> um, just just because of what Watchmen is as 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 a story and and how it is supposed to be understand and how of of deconstruction of superheroes and stuff and now somehow somehow this normal superhero universe is interacting with this deconstructive piece that uh 
apparently even one of the characters is responsible for what is happening in, in, in the DC universe. It's just... It's just... I, I don't think it works, I, 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 connecting the, these two worlds. I, I don't like it. <laughs> I... I'm... A, I'm a, <laughs> I'm indifferent to it, really. I understand, again, like with this being such a huge meta-commentary on the state of DC Comics, it makes sense that kind of what has become the unofficial guidebook for comic books for the past 30 years at the company, this dark and gritty re- the deconstruction of the superhero. Like Superheroes aren't good people. Superheroes aren't noble. This all kind of started in the 80s with Watchmen and... You know, The Dark Knight Returns. Those were the two books that kind of created this problem. So it makes sense in their heads that you tie this this, this grit, this cynicism to Watchmen. Where I'm kind of confused with this is, like, like we noticed this Jeff Johns um, has come up for some time as he moves over to DC Films. It's like, where do you follow up this story? Who's going to take charge of it? And but in the my, wrong but my main problem is wait let let me let me say something. If 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 we accept this, then 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 it it seems like that Doctor Manhattan is responsible for New Fifty Two, right? Yeah. Yes, that but, is what but, they're but saying. Then, yeah, but but then you would say like okay, then that means they understand uh, what Watchmen means but they kind of don't they think that dr manhattan should be responsible for new 52 because what dr manhattan would like is a world that is not like new 52 well i think what they're trying to say and i feel like this is kind of where they were getting with with dr manhattan especially near the end is that he doesn't understand the world he thinks he does and to him people are He's, he's basically the ultimate people watcher. He wants to understand human nature. And it makes sense that if you could, you would create a world. Like maybe there's one world where everybody in the DC universe is full of love, hope. And it's, you know, like there's a world like that. There's a world of cynicism. There's a world that's mixed. There's a world where the, you know, the heroes are villains and stuff like that. Um, but that's, I'm kind of, I'm curious to see where they take the story. But I'm also like, when are they going to when are they going to tackle this story? Who's going to tackle this story? Which is why I'm intrigued, but I'm also confused by this twist. I think it's going to yeah, be I'm, in the team books, like in definitely like anything with Wally and anything I think Justice League and um, the Titans book will cover that probably. I also but think it's going to be a multi-year there. thing. I yeah, have I to say, I, I am interested to see where it's going, but for me, it's almost more morbid curiosity, but because I, on some level, I think, like, doing something with Watchmen is possibly just a recipe for disaster. But... Well, okay. there's yeah, also the is... cynical <laughs> angle that by doing this, they maintain the rights to Watchmen longer. <laughs> Um, oh, wait for I real? Are. Yeah, is yeah. that a real thing? Oh, yeah, God. because <laughs> I, the the thing that, is, that, it, no, that no just makes me feel even worse about this. Yeah, as soon as as soon as Watchmen goes out of print, they're supposed to they give the rights back to Alan Moore, 
Um, I assume it's one of the reasons for before Watchmen. Right. Mm-hmm. And I also think they're doing a new, like, the uh, deluxe version of Watchmen. I mean, there's a reason Watchmen's like one trade and they keep on, it keeps on repairing every so often. You know, they did the movie, then they did before Watchmen. There's the talks of a Watchmen TV show. Um, you know, Adam Morris just like flipping stuff in his house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely controversial. Um, and it's, it's interesting because Watchmen is such a dark comic that using Watchmen to, jumpstart the DC universe into like this more positive era is kind of weird. But well, I, I, I think again, it's, it, you know, if you look at it as a meta commentary, it's like, this is the starting point where it all kind of like we needed to, like everybody's trying to ape Alan Moore and Frank Miller, and they've been trying that for 30 years. I mean, it does not help that this is how Batman became mega popular. Like for the longest time, Superman was their character, and then there's Shazam, and then Batman kind of took off in the late 80s because of the Dark Knight Returns, and, you know, this is what was the influence for Batman, for, uh, no, uh, for, for Nolan's Batman, but also for Burton's Batman, which was a monster in the late 80s. Right. But yeah, I mean, it, I think, it, as you said, it's really, it's, the issue is good as a sort of preview of, like, all the comics that are coming up. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where they go, but it's going to be interesting that with John's moving on, how that's going to be. There doesn't seem to be one person who's in charge of it. Yeah. Which is why I'm kind of curious to see how, like, you know, I'm hoping that with this, you know, like they've gone on record or talked about it. I've hoping that with this, they sat down and they actually talked to people like, where are you taking these books over the next year or two? What are you looking to do? What is and what is the company's mandate for these characters? What does the company want? Because it sounds like a new Fifty Two was dumping people in an oasis and hoping they found their way out. Um, and these are you know these are great characters. I mean, honestly speaking, people would love to have the roster that Marvel and DC have of these characters that people that's been beloved for dozens of years you know in comic books and tv and movies and video games so you know you want to be the caretaker of them you want to make sure they last for another 100 years or so and i think that that bringing back you know what i think his his motto is hope and optimism hope and optimism yeah yeah i mean it'll be definitely interesting to see how that turns out on an individual basis but i think you know i think doing only a few books and then adding more and more is, is really good. Um, and I think that'll, that, I think that more than anything is really what's going to make, if it is successful, make it successful is focusing on a few books and then slowly building on it rather than trying to like dump all the, you know, new 52, 52 of them. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, kind of as a broader update about the, the, the DC Universe Rebirth is that, we, like I said, with the new 52, we tried to cover every book and review them, and that was a project. So, why the hell not try it again? <laughs> and we will be trying to review, I think there's 32 books coming out in the DC Rebirth, but some of these are now bi-monthly books. 
Bi-monthly or bi-weekly? Uh, bi-monthly. Okay. And, and yes, we, we we will be reviewing these. Um, a combination, a team effort. You, I think most of you all have three books, um, except for Martin, who I'm going to leave on Batgirl anyhow, <laughs> just because I want, to, just because I want to see his reaction. Um, so thanks. <laughs> well, technically, you, technically you asked for it. Well, that was when I thought it was a Cassandra book. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got, I get that, and he's like, "Oh, I looked it up. It's not Cassandra. I don't want it anymore." <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just gonna make him want it now. And then I told you, please give me the dick. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and Earl was happy to oblige. <laughs> <laughs> yes, outside of Euphemisms, uh, Daniel is covering, I believe, the Superman book, so he's got Superman in Action Comics. Yeah, and Justice, and Justice League. League. Yeah. Uh, Martin is covering a wide berth of them, like you said. He's covering Nightwing, he's covering Batgirl, he's covering Hellraiser, and he's covering Deathstroke. Yeah, and well, because, I, because there, there is no Swamp, swamp Thing book, otherwise, I would have taken that. Yeah, I'm kind of. Well, I, I, well, I think he's in Hellblazers. He is, yeah. yeah probably. Yeah. So, yes. And then everything else, there's, you know, there's others, but I will be filling in the gap. So that's whenever, like right now, the only thing that I have for next month right now is Batman, which I'm really surprised nobody picked. <laughs> uh, I actually thought about picking it, but I thought, like, like, my thinking was more like, well, I have no problem picking some of the smaller books because I'm actually interested in them. I yes. would like Batman because Tom King seems to be a pretty good writer. But, but I know you will find someone for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's good that you're doing it, Earl. Yeah, I, 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 I just... <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's always a double-edged sword for me because I'm also super forgiven if it's Batman. But to Martin's point, Tom King... Is an amazing writer. I believe he was, was he the one who did. Um, he was the one who was doing Grayson, right? Uh, no, I think he's doing Nightwing for Grayson, dude. Right? Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, no, he did. Tom, did Tom, Tom, Tom King is uh, at the moment. I haven't did, read it, but a lot of people are talking about his vertical title at the moment. What is his vertical? Kaido. Um, oh, let me oh, check the name. He's, that, he's, he's doing the Omega Man. That's what he's currently writing for them. And he's also yeah, but, done the Vision. Uh, oh, the Sheriff, Sheriff of Babylon. Is, is oh, no. He, also, oh, he, he was also writing Grayson, so maybe they were co-writers. Oh, he was? Okay. But yeah. uh, Sheriff of Babylon is, is his vertical book, which is apparently okay. really good. But yes, I mean, and, and 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 I think, and I think, and I could be wrong. It's been a while, but I also think this is one of compared to like the New Fifty Two. I'm a lot more confident in their creative teams because I feel like over the New Fifty Two, for better or worse, they have found people who are capable of telling the type of stories they want to tell. Um, the, the 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 big thing, I mean, for me personally, I'm kind of disappointed that Gail Simone doesn't really have a new a, a rebirth book. But, you know, like, Rucker on Wonder Woman is one that a lot of people are big on. Steve Orlando on Supergirl should be fun. Um, T- Tim Seeley's doing Nightwing. He's done, you know, he's done great work with the Bat family. 
Yeah, Tim Seeley on Nightwing is probably going to be pretty good. Tim, Tim Seeley also did uh, Grayson. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think uh, they also worked on Batman and Robin Internal, I think. I don't know where James... Yeah, I think so. James... I forget. Um, James Tyven? Yeah, what is he doing? Uh, he's doing... Detective? Oh, that's probably not on this checklist because Detective and Action aren't actually getting rebirthed. They're just they're going back to their original. Yeah, he, he's doing Detective, as far as I know. Yeah, I, it's, you know, it's Snyder, also nice. I think Snyder's only doing All-Star. He's All-Star yeah. Batman is all he's doing. And, and I'm already... No, I'm going to read that. I'm I'm kind of curious. Well, I mean, I was going to say I'm kind of curious, but he's doing a long form story anyhow. Because I was kind of curious to see what would what him doing like shorter form stories, like one or two issue arcs, instead of his like ten to twelve issue mega stories. I think it's yeah. still going to be five issues, which is which is shorter for him. Yeah, true, but still, it sounds cool. The first thing with like having like a two phase. Body as much as they can. Buddies, be a uh, road movie kind of thing. That sounds interesting. And I think Snyder yeah. is a really. I think Snyder is a really good writer, and having him like work with different artists that are all really good. Although I'm not really that big on John Romita Jr. these days, to be honest. But um, there will be other good uh, artists as well. It's interesting that there's uh, one of the things I think that they did try to do with New 52 and DCU uh, is have more a more diverse set of like characters that you know because like if you look at Rebirth, the number of issue uh, things that Batman's in are you know they're pretty high, um, and also Superman. Yeah. So. Well, and it, they are again it's tough because those are the ones that down. sell. It feels like they are again more doubling down on their big two heroes. Well, I, yeah. I, I, I disagree to an extent because I think Batman's in that stuff now. Batman, because Batman already has three books? Well, that's like saying all the Bad Family books are not Batman books in some well, way. Well, I mean, they, they aren't in a way because I, I mean, it's, it depends on who. Like Nightwing, I, I feel like, has evolved so far beyond Batman. That he doesn't, you know, he has his own rogue scribe, he has his own support system, he has his own villains. Um, and I think he's the only one who has one. That girl gets one, I guess. Well, she gets two. Oh, Red Hood and Out, yo. I don't know what that book, that book keeps on getting uh, things. Oh, so, uh, uh, when, when you were talking about writing teams, I, I also want to say, like, I feel like they have generally, at this point, I've it feels like stronger writers for the relaunch than they did with New 52. I mean, New 52 had some really good writers, but I don't think they were as well spread out as this time around. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, like, I, yeah I, I, like, for the Batman books, there was Snyder, but the detective was... Mm. And... Yes, um, <laughs> The Superman books kind of didn't do anything. Well, they had, Grant, what they I had got. Grant Morrison. Okay, okay, Grant Morrison. I mean, it, if you look at it from, because we don't know how they're going to turn out, but if you looked at it from, like, you know, new, they're just announced New 52, and it's like, oh, we've got Morrison, and, you know, Jeff John's doing a lot of them. 
And even even um, and to, to your point, like, at that time, like, Scott Snyder was kind of an up-and-comer. Um, yeah, but uh, not to me. But um, <laughs> when I think like Jeff Jones, for example, doing a bunch of stuff. But even then, I wasn't as excited about it. Jeff Jones is okay. He isn't the greatest. He's very hit or miss in my book. I think he, he has. Is, I think he. I think he has good ideas. He just he doesn't necessarily do characters well. He's like more of a big idea guy. Yeah, and, and when I look yeah. at what we get now, we have. Snyder, we have Abnet, which is cool. Tom King, uh, Seely. Um, who has this? He was super interesting. Uh, Priest, Christopher Priest on 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 Deathstroke. Deathstroke, um, Deathstroke, Deathstroke has always fascinated me because I don't get why he's a character that like we have to keep on trying to Deathstroke book for. Yeah. I agree, uh, and that's why I'm fascinated with it. I also thought it was funny that we get Christopher Priest on on uh, Deathstroke. The first thing he does is do a story in Africa. Always <laughs> kind of funny because uh, most people probably know Christopher Priest for his uh, Black Panther run. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I don't necessarily care for the How Drawing and the Green Anton Corpse book team. I think uh, there who, are who's who's right? Robert Venditti. Vendetti. He's pretty good. If if you read some Valiant stuff, yeah. he has some really good Valiant stuff going. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Um, but since my dog's going crazy right now, we're gonna start wrapping it up. Is there anything you folks want to say before we go? <laughs> um, no. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good issue if as long as you go in. Knowing that it does require some knowledge of previous events, or you'll be confused, which is okay. I think it's okay to be confused sometimes, because um, then you learn stuff. Um, but I'm excited to see where they go with the with the launch, and like next week. Next week is the first first issues come out. So yeah, at this point, I'm like interesting. Let's see where it goes. Yeah, and I'm I'm on the same page. I'm 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 on board. I like the fact that they are rolling it out much slower this time, um, especially when there are books that are going uh, by monthly, and some of these books are also because you have like the rebirth special, and then you have the book coming out. There's a lot of stuff to kind of get involved with, and it's also weird because they're doing it at the same time. They're also doing the Hanna Barbera launch, so we've had like Future Quest, and we've had the Scooby Doo Apocalypse book. So there's a very busy time in Warner Brothers DC headquarters right now. So, yes. So for Martin, Daniel, and myself, this has been Nerds on the Rocks. And hopefully the next time you hear us, we are talking about E3 in a few weeks. So we'll catch you then. <laughs>